the time when they like push back at me for that. I'm only asking you to do what I hired you to do. I'm only asking you to do your job. <laughs> nothing more, nothing less. I'm really like, I, I have pretty realistic expectations when it comes to some people's roles. Like I know that I'm occasionally going to get the teenager that does do stuff above and beyond. Right. Um, but it's not the norm. Yeah, for the most part, they're going to do the bare minimum to get by. Right. But do that at least. But do that at <laughs> least. Like, do you really have to be taught that it's not ethical to see that your break is over so you clock back in, but you don't leave the break room? <laughs> do I really need to ha- sit down and, and, and have a conversation is, and have you sign a piece of paper that teaches you? Is that a coaching moment? Come on. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. All right, so we've had a couple weeks off. We're back in the dining room studio on a beautiful, hot Wednesday evening. So hot here in Florida. I posted, I'm in a meme group with some friends, and there's a picture of a guy, like a statue with a (laughs) blowtorch. That's the breeze in Florida right now. Yeah, I saw that meme. (laughs) Yep. That's that's where we're at, but I I am. Welcoming you to the dining room studio. I am Sue O'Lear. And I am Johnny Hampton. And this is the Strongly Worded Podcast. We're back at it. We are. We had we tended to be back at it last week and then you had a late night at work. You had yes. end of month stuff. Yes, it was end of the month. And I think it was me the previous week. I don't hey. remember what it was. I don't either. But it was a work thing. Yeah. But uh work has come to a screeching not a halt, because I'm now I'm playing catch up, but uh, kids are going back to school. Summer camp is over. I don't. Ha- I can hear myself think in the office again because <laughs> my room sits right next to the indoor camp room, and we were indoors a lot this summer because of the heat. Oh man, it yeah. is hot. Yeah, it is hot. I had to take a nap today because it was so hot. And I'm not even doing anything. All I did was walk out of the car to go to the barbershop, take Anthony, yeah. or walked out of the car to get a couple slices of pizza. Uh-huh. And I walked out of the car to get a drink. I mean, Hawaii's on fire, dude. I'm on fire. <laughs> Hi, we that, are on fire. That, that's unbelievable, though. Uh-huh. I, mean, I can't believe I haven't seen anything about that, though. I wouldn't have probably noticed it if I didn't have a friend that post that lives there that mm. posted it on Facebook. And then, uh, yeah, wildfires going a little crazy. But there. it's cool. There's no global warming. Everything's fine. Right. Hundred degrees in northern Florida for a week, but um, I just heard. Who was saying that? Oh, I on Kendall Kendall Fire's podcast. Oh yeah. Um, I think they were just saying that where they are in Texas, there today was the record breaking day in the number of consecutive days that are over a hundred degrees where where they are. So some people are saying that this is going to result in a very cold winter. Now, I thought we already had a very cold winter. I thought our winter this past year was cold and it was long. Which I don't mind. Uh, I mean, I want the earth to do what it needs to do, right? Right. It's not my personal playground. But I I love Florida winters because they're cold and they can be cold. They can be. Um, But it's fucking hot right now. So I take what I can get in the winter because you see that bike or you see, you know, the stuff around that I like to go do. I'm not not doing that right now. No, 100 degrees. Can't take the dogs for a walk. It'll burn their paws. (laughs) Really? Yeah. If you can't. Uh, I can't remember what you count to, five or seven. You put the back of your hand on the asphalt, and if you can't leave it there to a count of seven or whatever, uh, it's too hot for dog paws. Uh, you can't do that today. Mm-mm. Not a chance. Nope. 
No, but it's even, I mean, it's pretty hot still in the morning, too. So. Like, the AC in my car is immaculate. Always has been, mm-hmm. right? We got into my car today, and it took a while to get on. I said, yeah, I said to my son, you know it's hot. But my age, mm-hmm. it takes a while. Mm-hmm. It is hot. Yeah, we had a private rental at work last weekend that was complaining about the AC, and we had to. We just spent a lot of money working on the AC, and I had to stop and think about it and say, well, wait a minute. It's been 100 degrees all day today. There's yep. 50 people in that room. Yep. Um, it's not going to be able to keep up. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what happened in my car when, right. I, when I turned it on. Yeah. I'm like, man. Yeah. yeah, they're talking about it. The school posted a thing today, too. I saw that. About, you know, have your kids wear the right stuff on the bus. and They're the still going to wear their hoodies. Flagler County Schools. Sweat, sweat they're pants. still going to wear their hoodies mm-hmm. and sweatpants. But, mm-hmm. but. So my kid tomorrow has basketball practice after school. Yeah. Good for, you. Good, good for your kid. I know. Your kid. Is going to have some open gyms coming up. Yeah, hopefully. Just, yeah, uh, just got to get them on the books. Right, and uh, they 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 say they have a coach. So yeah, AAU season has concluded. Yeah, it was a good season, <sighs> but I season. definitely need to rest. Mm-hmm. Right, so yes, I have I have spent a lot of time unhealthy this summer, and between shingles, I think my all that tooth pain had me run down for oh, a long yeah. time. All this stuff, um, but mentally, I am also exhausted from this summer. Because we had five teams, so yes, <laughs> we had five teams. I <laughs> love the story right. of the parent meeting in the beginning, where you know, prior to that parent meeting, Johnny just kind of slips it by us that there's going to be look, there's just there's just going to be five teams, so it's going to be okay. This is how I'm going to do it. And and then at that parent meeting, you take a moment to introduce, yeah coaches by what teams they're going to be coaching and at one point Vic and I looked at each other and we're like will he stop saying our names like why does he keep saying our names hey man <laughs> hey yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's not something that I'll undertake again yeah it was um, a lot. so it was a lot. I, I'll have to figure out something you guys have a lot of conversations to have I think yeah but I, they, no but I love them it was a good good summer. It was a good summer. It was a good summer. Yeah. It's funny the the teams that I w- was the the most excited about and the teams that I was like oh, all kind of flip flopped by the end and I you yeah. know the new kids on the high school team that looked at me a little side eye because they didn't know me <laughs> you know really I ended up having a great relationship with and that eighth grade boys team that. Looked at me like the eighth grade, like the seventh when we first started that first summer, like I was nuts. But, you know, now they love me and it was good. It's so crazy. Like each team takes on their own story during the season. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I just try to stay as consistent as I can. Mm -hmm. And I know you do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then like like that last like that last Sunday, we we. Had the ninth grade versus the tenth grade, so, I know. so they were like consistent throughout the summer. Yeah, but then the high school girls probably played their best game, one of their best games, and you know we wished we would have got more, some more of that. Yeah, but um, and then the eighth grade white laid an egg, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, somehow I was telling my son, eighth grade white won one tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, they had couple of tournaments where they didn't win a game but i i think they had the best experience yeah yep right like they got 
the most out of us. Mm-hmm. And I think the parents think that too, mm-hmm. which is weird, right? Like you would think the ninth and 10th graders, but they're so used to things now. Right. And some of them were here in the beginning when they were that seventh grade team. True. You know? True. So it's kind of cool that some of the parents have the the ability to stand back and see the big picture and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, encourage those just starting out. Like, you guys are a new, you know, we were that team that was brand new and just starting out too and yeah. hang in and trust the process. And, and I do, I, in my head, I, you know, I do, I write the stories of the teams in my head a little bit. And, and uh, you know, I remember saying at the beginning that, you know, the eighth grade white team was probably the one that, the one I wanted to work with the least because I hadn't intended on it. Like right. it wasn't personal. Right. It was the 15. It was number five. It right. was team number five, yeah. but probably needed us the most. And it ended up being hugely satisfying. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was I, great. I, uh, I am ready for the break. Ready for, I am. I am very excited for Saturday because I'll, Nothing be, to do. I'll wake up in my own bed. Me too. Yeah. I got to, we got to take Anthony to a showcase Saturday, but we're not. Mm-hmm. Staying, but yes, yeah, because them hotel beds stink. <laughs> I mean, uh, none, none of these beds are comfortable, man. What are we doing, hotels? I've stayed in a lot, good service, yep. good facilities, but these beds are terrible. Wow, well, and I stayed in a bunch of different ones. Yeah, like I even stayed at the Double Tree, and their bed wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you buy a bed for you know thousands of people to yeah, sleep on. Yeah, true, but true, but. I, I uh, it was good. It was a good summer. I am happy to have you know. And we were driving home on Sunday. I had Carolyn and another player in the car, and I dropped the player off. And we started to say, "See you tomorrow." No, we don't have practice tomorrow nope, night. It's yeah. over. Yeah. Gio asked me for the car. Do you have practice tonight, or can I take the car to go do such and such? He's like, "Nah, man, have at it." Yeah. 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 So it's good. So we have a couple things on our agenda today to talk about uh, a couple, at least one of these topics is hung around for a couple weeks. Um, but in Florida, uh, just to catch everybody up who doesn't live here for the folks in Uzbekistan. <laughs> in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis approved new education standards. <laughs> around teaching slavery in Florida schools that will show that, quote, enslaved people were able to parlay, parlay (laughs) the skills they were forced to learn. In a speech he made in Utah, which I'm guessing was a campaign speech. Wait, so he made a speech about slavery of black people in utah in utah about (laughs) florida curriculum in utah because i'm guessing you know it's i'm guessing it was a campaign right right right. um he defended this curriculum that will require middle schools to teach that enslaved people quote developed skills which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit a line that has ignited significant controversy among teachers groups and parents he says the standards will be rooted in whatever is factual um, the standards actually come in response to the 2022 Stop Woke Act, right? More DeSantis championed legislation that state that race must be taught in a, quote, objective manner that does not, quote, indoctrinate or persuade students to learn a particular point of view. 
This act pushes the idea that teaching black history makes white people feel ashamed. And no student should be made to feel guilt or responsibility for actions previously committed by members of the same race. Um, he is also, this last fact, um, and I will put in the, the show notes where I, the links to the articles I read for this, but DeSantis has also publicly stated that he has funneled over $2 million of his own PAC contributions into Florida school board races. <laughs> so listen. <laughs> Some of this stuff doesn't move me because if you've gone to American schools in any state, they've taught history wrong mm. since the inception of school since here. Since the dawn of time. Right. And so, <laughs> you know, that, 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 whole, that whole quote is crazy because they're talking about all that stuff. But yet when they teach Thanksgiving in the schools, mm-hmm. <laughs> they, don't, they don't teach that the right way, Mm-mm. do they? No. No, they do not. No. Nope. And so for many, many years, like my dad had to educate me about race because you know you're not going to get the real story in a public high school, elementary school, junior high school. <clears throat> I had a black studies class in college where I learned a lot as well. I had a history class in college um, taught by a white man where I learned a lot mm-hmm. as well. But here, you can't even, they don't even want to teach you in college Mm-mm. about it. No, anymore. no, no. He, DeSantis further has rejected advanced uh, AP African American history courses, saying that the course lacks educational value and is contrary to Florida law. And public universities are subject to the same legislation, right? Yeah, and, and, and it's funny because Kamala Harris <laughs> had a speech. Uh-huh. And I posted it on my wall and, you know, he, she, she first spoke out about it Mm -hmm. and then he invited her to a debate. Like he's worthy of having the vice president of our country debate him. Like, who are you? Who are you? But she was much more articulate than I would have been. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) she basically said, there is no round table. Right. There is nothing. There's no, there's no debating. What's not up for debate? Right. There are no redeeming qualities Mm-mm. of slavery. She so said it's an attempt to gaslight us. Oh yes, and we will not stand for it. Right. So I'm glad she did that. Um, I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. There's not a whole lot of African American studies classes around. Although my son does have one this mm-hmm. year, and I will be paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. And that's all I can say. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I might pay more attention to that than his geometry. <laughs> Because I want to know what they're teaching them. Mm-hmm. And what they're not. Right. Mm-hmm. And I got to fill in the blanks just like my dad did. But not a, like not in any militant way, just in a real way. Yep. You know, it was funny the other night. Like, I was talking to my son. He was on the phone with his girlfriend. And I was talking about, I don't know, I, I, something made me bring up Trayvon Martin. And he, uh, he said, who is that? <gasps> And I was like, what the hell? It's story time right now. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we talked about it right then, him and his girlfriend. Like, mm-hmm. this is what happened in this year. Mm-hmm. You were very young. So I can understand why he doesn't remember it. Right. But I'm like, dude, you were at the march with me. Right. You were in hoodie. I mean, <laughs> like, say the names. Yeah, man. So these are the things they don't teach you about. I, 
much to my son's chagrin, who says it's just melting my brain, I've been watching a lot of um, black creators on TikTok talk about some of these things. Mm-hmm. Learned a lot. Um, and I follow one lady, and I'm going to put her in the show notes. I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but she crochets as she talks, if mm. anybody watches her. Um, and uh, she was talking about this bullshit and about a couple of things that I didn't know that I had to go back and look up. That these, first off, um, when these people were stolen from their homeland, they weren't unformed blobs. Right. Like they were human beings with lives and, and, and families to take care of and had, you know, live, they, they knew how to make and provide and do the things they needed to make and provide and do to take care of their families where they were. They were not simpletons. They were not right. simpletons. Right. And then this bullshit about these skills to part, you know, parlay into, um, their lives after they were free, I guess. Well, there were still laws about what kind of work black people could do and they couldn't, they couldn't be blacksmiths. Nope. They could be farmhands and, and, uh, domestic help in the home. Right. And that's pretty much it. I, I posted something on my social media wall. Like slavery was not a trade school. It was not a trade (laughs) school. (laughs) I, I don't, you know, sometimes I wonder if these politicians actually believe the stuff they say. I think they're just afraid, Johnny. Aren't they just afraid that if they allow the truth to be taught, then black people might get angry? Like, I, I feel like sometimes people are lucky that they we just want to. I can't speak for what black people want. Yeah. But but if it were said that, a, you know, people of color just want their equal place at the table, it's a good thing they don't want revenge because they would be entitled to it. Right, like, I don't even think... I think they're just, I'm sorry, terrified. Yeah, I, I just, at this point, just think we want acknowledgement of what has happened here. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for me, I always tell people, I've had to work harder than some. Mm-hmm. The perception of me, uh, because of the color of my skin, precedes me. Mm-hmm. Right? Before I open my mouth sometimes... People have a view of me. Okay, now, and I know that happens for a lot of people, so I'm not, you know, I'm not on my tiny violin, right? Mm. But it happens. But it's just a fact. It's a fact, right? Like, you know, like we were talking about our dude in this tournament who had a suit on. They perceived him better than me, Mm -hmm. right? But he's not at anything. He's not a better coach, not a better person. He's not better at anything. Mm -mm. But that's what people perceive. Right. Because he was a white dude in a suit, Mm -hmm. right? And I just think, for me, this is my personal, I just want acknowledgement. Acknowledge the fact that me owning a home here in this county, coming from where I came from, is a bigger deal because of what we had to overcome. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Start there. Right. You don't, you don't got to send me a check. <laughs> like, you don't got to do all that, right? But acknowledge, like, they act as if there was not systemic racism. Right. And that's just false. Mm-hmm. Right. There were all kind of laws. We couldn't buy homes, couldn't get access to the GI Bill if you went to the military. All these things happen. Mm-hmm. Just acknowledge that they happen and move on. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to do that because then they feel like it diminishes their standing because they got rich while we could not. Mm-hmm. Right. And so some of these people started on third base. Not all. 
start on third base, but act they like thought they hit a triple. Home. Yeah, that's right. They thought they hit a triple. Mm-hmm. Not all, right? Like, I know people who grew up in still mill towns. I got good friends that grew up poor upstate. Mm-hmm. I know the deal, but a lot of them benefited from the systemic racism. Of course. It's a conversation I had with my dad countless times. Yeah. Countless I, times. Like, you know, I'm not privileged. I was poor. I did this and that. No, that's not. That's not what the privilege is, that you didn't have hardships or you didn't have to work hard. You just didn't have to uh, work harder based on this one factor. Right. And I and I get I get that. I get where some people don't understand that as well. Like I always say, like, when you're not a racist. Sometimes it's hard to understand racism Mm -hmm. because you just don't view the world that way. Mm -hmm. Like I met your dad. I. Mm-hmm. Like I know, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I, I always tell people like as a black man, you know when someone is looking at you different because you're black. Right. It's just it's it's something intrinsic mm-hmm. in you, right? right? And so I met your dad, I met you, I know your mom, mm-hmm. I know that they're not like that. Right. So when you are not like that, it's hard to view the world like that. Mm-hmm. Like I had a CEO at my company, we used to argue all the time about these things. I think he was the CEO at the time, Trayvon Martin was there. He was from Canada. Mm-hmm. called himself a libertarian i'm like jeff mm. you don't see it this way because you didn't grow up with this mm-hmm. you're from canada mm-hmm. so yeah you know you, you 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 don't view these guys as racist because look at your ceo talking to me about it right now right they wouldn't be doing that mm-hmm. he's like well i never really looked at it that way of course you how could you you everyone has their own world view and it's based on how you were raised if you were raised not to be racist it's hard to get there, mm-hmm. right? Like, I always tell people, like, when we talk about homosexuality, right, and transgender, the reason you can't get there because you're not made up that way. Right. You have to learn things to be able to support things, and you got to be willing to do that. Mm-hmm. So in Florida, they're not willing to do that. No, they're not willing to do that. That's why Dwayne Wade doesn't live in Florida anymore. Mm-hmm. He moved out. Yep. He has a transgender son, yep. right, daughter now, and he said, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, listened to another uh, content creator talk about how, um, you know, there are basically two types of white people and they don't like each other because if there's one thing, there's the non-racists or, you know, hopefully a growing number of Mm anti-racists and then there's the racists and the only thing white racists hate, well, racists hate more than minorities is anti-racist white people because that that takes away from their base right that detracts from their base and i you know i politics is something i'll never understand like why do you want racists supporting you like winning is not that important to me power is not that important to me right like my moral compass is important Right. And like, I, like I always I don't know if these politicians believe the shit that come out their mouths. It's impossible. How could you believe that slavery had any redeeming? Quality? How could you believe that people taken from their home? Oh, well, every cloud has a silver lining. No, no. I'm sorry. It's generations of trauma. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I am only two generations removed from Jim Crow, me, mm-hmm. right? My dad was alive during Jim Crow. 
my grandfather was alive, like black only water fountains. We're two mm-hmm. generations removed. Mm-hmm. And he's not many generations removed from the aftermath of not being able to, like you said, you can only be a maid. You can only be a farmer. Like mm-hmm. this is real things yep. that people don't understand. It's not like they say, oh, slavery was 200 years ago, but the ramifications were not. Right. Right. And so I'm two generations removed from that. Mm-hmm. And I'm it, trauma is an insidious thing. And we've talked about it a little bit here. And I've you know, personally studied a lot just based on some of my own personal stuff the last handful of years. And if you think that trauma is not generational, if you think the trauma of being ripped away from your family, stolen, put on a, in a cage on a ship to a, you know, a million miles away to this life where you are stripped of everything and you are bought and sold and you are used as a breeder and mothers have their children ripped, their, their children ripped from their arms. We have countless, countless stories that you can read the actual words of the six-year-old children at work in the fields or in the home. Six-year-old children. You know, of, of mothers coming home from tending the fields to find that their children had been removed and sold to who knows... If you think that that pain is not passed down, that lack of, of resources to really overcome it or cope or whatever is not passed down and you don't see it in some of the people that we know today, you are sadly mistaken. And that, sadly mistaken. And, and, and I think, like, for me, like I said, personally, like, I can't speak for, like, I just want acknowledgement of that. Mm-hmm. That's all. Acknowledge that it was harder for us to go to college mm-hmm. or get good educations because we could only live in certain places. Acknowledge that it still is. Right. Acknowledge that. Like <laughs> Because when when we've got stuff like this, like <laughs> like this curriculum trying to continue you know, continue to teach it, you still got people that think they're doing something good by saying they don't see color. Uh, it it's not a crutch or an excuse. It's a validation. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, we only got about two weeks left of him in the national spotlight anyway. He's out of here. I mean, he's out of here. There's no way. Uh, the most recent thing that I saw about him was he got in a little trouble. Maybe it was this Utah trip. I don't know. But he's using state resources to travel to campaign. Mm, they're all idiots. So When you're an idiot, you hire idiots. <laughs> I saw that he, his wife, and I make do not make light of anyone who has gone through cancer treatments and survived right but she was speaking to a group where she was basically patting him on the back for um making the time to pick their children up from school while she was at home yeah because you know that's above and beyond what are we talking what about the hell so yes so moving right along that's how we feel about that <laughs> that's some bullshit and it's it's extending to what ap psych now yeah because of the don't say gay act, but it's same issue, different legislation. Yep. So now AP courses also don't count. Yeah. And AP psych at our high school, we saw a post about it two days ago. They're going to put them in the IB yep. instead. Yep. I like, I like, I kind of like to pivot though. I wish they had IB I African mean, American sure. history. Like it's great, but it's not the point. Yeah. No, I get you. It's not we shouldn't be doing, we shouldn't have to be doing that. Right. Um, 
also occupying my mind the last few days on Twitter on Sunday night at around seven o'clock when the Harriet two riverboat was trying to dock. Listen, the Harriet two was carrying 227 passengers returning to the waterfront uh, to park in its like it's reserved spot. Like everybody knows. (laughs) Right. Uh, But the private pontoon boat was there. Those 227 passengers waited 45 minutes while they were trying to get these people's attention on the PA. And they were basically just like, F you and all this kind of stuff. This small group of white people and this humongous mixed race group of people on a boat and all these other people, like so obviously in the wrong, but were so emboldened to be like, nope, I'm parked there until I'm done drinking this whatever. Um, so the, it was a co-captain of the ferry boat that actually took the tinder and got on the dock. Oh, that's what I got. He was? was a captain. He was oh, a co-captain of the boat. I just thought he was security. Right. I mean, kind of the black and white yes. sort of made you think that, but no, he was a co-captain of the vessel. And which is, I think probably also why he felt, um, qualified to untie and, and move the move boat. Oh yeah. Boat. Like yes. He, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he signaled the bat signal <laughs> And, you know, that guy took a took a swing at him. The white guy took a swing at him because he didn't want to move his boat. And then he threw his hat and everybody. And the four people jumped on him. Mm -hmm. And then a 16 year old jumped in the water and swam, swam to the fight. So, listen, I do not condone violence in any way. But these memes are quite hilarious. I just can't get enough of them. Right. And I'm so thankful that people are processing in this way and that I get to experience <laughs> it because and, and the thing about it is, so, you know, circling back a little bit, I remember, I, I've got a friend. He lives in Denver now. Uh, he's conservative. Uh, black man. I say that any anytime I mention race because I feel like it's relevant, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember when Trayvon Martin got shot. And I was doing all these posts about Trayvon Martin. I was watching the trial. I was doing all these things, right? And he said to me, is that the only, like, why are you posting about Trayvon Martin all the time? And there's a lot of things going on. And, you know, like his big ticket issue was abortion. He is anti-abortion. And I said to him, and I, I actually forwarded him that message Many times over the years, I said, the reason I'm adamant about it is because if we let people roll around just shooting people because they think they don't belong, it emboldens people to do other stuff. Yep. The problem I always had with Trump was when you speak like that and it's accepted, then people think they can try you. Mm-hmm. Now, fast forward to this peer. That's what they were doing. They were trying that man. Yep. Because they thought they could. Yep. And it's hilarious to me that they tried. And like that meme says, they fucked around and they found out. And they found out. Right? Dudes were swimming to the fight. Like, we're tired of that. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm so blessed that no one's ever tried me like that. Because I don't know how I would react to it. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, they... The, the thing that they could tell an authority figure what they're going to do. 
and then attack him and nothing happened. Right. Because that's why you do stuff like that. You don't think anything's going to happen to you. You think mm-hmm. you're going to beat this guy up again, you don't go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 227 people, you know, on, on the ferry boat singing, move, bitch, get out the way. <laughs> yeah, that, that video was like, hilarious. I want to know what they had to talk. Like, what was, what was being said back and forth? How was that guy not just moving the boat? Yeah, I would love for them to interview him. I don't know if they have, um, but. It's killing me to know what they were saying. They're going to get super duper time, I think, too, man. Yeah, four of them have been charged, four white men. So far, no people of color have been charged with anything. Oh, no, the dude with the chair is getting charged, though. The dude with the chair was bopping. I know. <laughs> he, he bopped that woman there's three times. There's a law in, there's a law in Alabama about um, not self-defense, but defending others. Oh, well, he was bopping people with that chair. He boy. was. And the chair has made some appearances in some of the funniest TikToks I've ever seen. Right. They put the chair in the good times photo. Did you see that? I saw that. <laughs> I saw it. Oh, my God. They got a meme with Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did the chair. I said, oh, my goodness, man. What that, is they, they got? They got a TikTok with the, the chair with a face on it singing, do you want to fight me? <laughs> Do you want to see these hands? <laughs> he was bopping. Like, he was bopping people. And you know what? Gym. He was bopping people on behalf of everybody that needed to get bopped over the years <laughs> that didn't even get a slap on the wrist and I was here for it. <laughs> I was here for it. I, I do not, I do not condone, I have to keep saying, I don't condone violence. Right. But, it happened, and I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I mean, jeez. Didn't they try to get on the boat like nothing happened? Right. They're not lying. And nah. pontoons don't move fast, so they would be like. Yeah, it was crazy. It was cra- that was crazy. So I'm told, I don't know if it's fact, but I have seen it in a couple of videos that um, the white folks did, some of them did go seek some in, in the pontoon group. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to go have their injuries evaluated at the ER. Oh, I'm sure they needed to. And um, utilize some racial slurs. That's ins- I mean, we already know that based on them trying that guy. And that's what I mean. Like, you can't normalize that. Right. Right? Like, Trump and some of these people who are catering to to that section of the party you can't normalize that because nope. so, it trickles down. No, yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on that. And I have enjoyed the, the memes are hilarious. They're it. hilarious. They really are. I can't help it. That the, re- the reenactments. The, with the, <laughs> they had a reenactment with the Avengers theme. Yes. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. And I, I, a little disappointing that Crocs guy was actually a different altercation, but the Crocs guy. Oh, was it was? Oh. Yeah, it was the same premise, right? It was a total, it was a different event, but the same kind of premise. And <laughs> yeah, and he oh. was uh, uh, trying to evade arrest and uh, busted out of his Crocs. <laughs> the Montgomery melee. The, the sweet tea party. <laughs> am, I, am I allowed to say these things? <laughs> the sweet. Oh, I'm stealing <laughs> that. That was my um, favorite one. The sweet tea party. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, one of these creators that I've watched just talked about how, you know, in the end, the fact that so many white people came out as allies yeah, with this and, you know, have said, okay, so what happens when, you know, because it'll happen again. Mm. What what do we do? Like, if we jump in and start swinging, you're going to swing on me. Like, what helps you the most in a situation like this? What do we do when this happens again? Because we're not them. Yeah. We're not those eight people or whatever. <laughs> we're not those dudes. It's so difficult to distinguish yourself now, too, because people get so skeptical, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think you deal with some of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when a lot of times For when sure. play, players first meet you, mm-hmm. they're, they're skeptical, right? And you know what? I'll take it. It's, a, it's but I'll you know, take it. yeah. We talked about that a little after COVID when we were opening after COVID, and, yeah. and I happened to be the one kind of vocalizing a lot of the rules on the mm-hmm. mic and everything like that. And I, I can, I, I, I'm, I, I can, ha- you know, I get it. <laughs> I'm yeah. fine with it. Like, you know, hopefully people hang in long enough to. They yeah. get they, to know they usually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, the memes yeah. are fantastic. <laughs> uh, in other black news. Yeah. <laughs> Lizzo. Oh, man. So she's being sued by three former dancers who allege harassment in a hostile work environment. Um, the plaintiffs state that they were encouraged to take turns touching nude performers in a club in Amsterdam. Um, one claims she was questioned about her weight gain and pressured to, to disclose personal details about her life in order to keep her job. Other claims include allegations that Lizzo subjected them to racial and religious discrimination and that her predominantly white management team discriminated against black dancers by scolding them for quote unacceptable and disrespectful behavior i kind of believe that that could have happened i mean i'm hoping none of this happened because of i'm always skeptical about the white people i'm not gonna lie (laughs) (laughs) but like lizzo man so i like lizzo's music Mm -hmm. right um and i think you know she's always talking about how people are talking about her weight Right. And I'm I don't know if I've always like I just think some people don't find her as attractive as she might think she is, because there's a lot. Joe Scott is heavy set. Missy Ellis heavy set. A lot of people find them attractive. And she's always like she was always beating that drum, beating that drum about body positivity, even in her music. Mm -hmm. So I hope she's not. God, I hope this is not true. It would. It, this would kill her career. It would. Like, it would. Because you can't, like, you know, like I always talk about discipline. Right? It's one of my big things when I coach, right? If you see me out here lacking discipline, can I, can I go back to that? No. Right? I can't do that. I think that there are a handful of things at play here. I think that um, it doesn't take knowing much about Lizzo to understand her high standards. Oh, yeah. And I think that uh, disgruntled employees are going to be part of the deal. When you have high standards, disgruntled employees are part of the deal. Um, I have had many work situations, um, and we've talked a little bit about social situations, even on these weekends and stuff um, away, where uh, the social bleeds into it. Yeah. Um, You know, I can remember a situation when I was very young, my first real professional job after graduation. And getting a call from uh, in like the middle of the night from one of my employees. We were in Chicago at a training and uh, telling me that she was made to feel, you know, alcohol was being served. She was made to feel uncomfortable by a male mm. uh, 
uh, employee from another location they was you know da 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 you know when the social bleeds into it you go out after work together or whatever um i think lines get blurred i think you know you can come back and feel differently about something the next morning um i think it's interesting though too when nice guys when when you break the facade and see that you know if you're if if so much of your uh image or your public image is built on this positivity this acceptance this nice stuff well everybody is human too and everybody has human moments that's true um you know we've seen it happen to varying degrees with other you know you find out you read a story or see something on reddit or whatever that so-and-so is a horrible tipper but you know if you ever (laughs) found out tom hanks wasn't a nice guy or yeah um you know rosie o'donnell was like the afternoon queen of joy and happiness until you know she she came out and was herself and political and uh an activist and yeah, gay and, and people started coming out the woodworks about how bad she was true right ellen you know there was some stuff happening on the ellen show and i also think that there are probably things that when you're on top you don't know that happens on the bottom yes yeah, like i don't think she knows her management is mm-hmm. doing that yeah yeah so i think there's probably a lot of things at play she did cancel a show um, the, the first show that was scheduled since this story broke has been canceled. I don't know the reasons why I didn't take the time to dig in, but, uh, you know, she has come out to say she's devastated by this and not the villain here. I think one of the reasons why she beats that drum of body positivity is that, uh, in this day and age celebrity, you can interact with celebrities in mm. a way that you couldn't do before social media. Oh. Right. So. 20 years ago, Lizzo didn't know what people necessarily were saying about her unless they told her on the street or held up a sign or whatever. But now anytime she puts up an Instagram post, you get some Yahoo thinking they know something about her health or whatever based on her weight that they wouldn't say to somebody who's thin who could very easily be uh, a junk food addict or, you know, whatever, any number of things, right? Like, you you know, so... um, I, I just hope that I she weathers for, it. I always forget to factor that in. Yeah. Social media. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like, why do you care? Oh, shoot. Yeah. Well, you got a million followers and some of them are and somebody's always fat got shaming to you. Yeah. yeah. And they got, I mean, and probably a good chunk of them are bots at this point or whatever, <laughs> you know, I mean, but, but yeah, I mean, there's a, an interaction there that wasn't possible when True. we were kids. You True. know, you, you knew people liked you if they went to see your movies or if they bought your albums or if they stood in line at Tower Records to buy tickets to your concerts. So I've done all that kind of stuff. Oh, my God. Me, too. <laughs> I stood in line for nine hours for Rolling Stone tickets at Tower well, Records. Oh, that was um, that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And then my friend ended up winning t- better tickets on the radio. Mm-hmm. So we used her tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, uh, those are the topics that I brought today, but kind of along the same lines, let's finish up by, uh, drawing this to some of our local active activism and local politics. Mm. You and I sat at a city, uh, a County commissioners meeting together with, uh, some other friends on Monday. Yeah. Right? yeah on Monday. Two days ago. Mm-hmm. And and this is why I think these topics are important to talk about because they do all relate. So basically what's happening is this gym that we practice in that is uh, part of a, a historic high school. Um, 
Yeah, the high school is no longer standing. This gym is what remains um, in Benel, the city where uh, a lot of our players come from, live in, whatever. This is the community that um, where where we've played basketball on a number of different levels. And this is a community center. There's a drop-in community center, right, for this area. And um, an outside entity, let me back up. So at this community center, things are low cost or free. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's uh, affordable for um, organizations like Flagler United yeah. to, to buy gym time so that we can have practice. I remember coming through COVID, uh, the leadership at the time was the Rev, and it was very important to get the doors open in a safe way because mm-hmm. so many young people in that community needed that place to be engaged and have something to do. Right. So, you know, cause what do you do? What do kids do if they don't have something to do? They get, they find something to do and it's typically going to get them in trouble. And, uh, this is a wonderful antidote to that. Right. right. There's a lot of community in this building. Um, birthday parties happen in this building. Repasts mm-hmm. happen in this building. Graduation parties happen in this building. Like people come together to celebrate and people come together to mourn in this building. And it's, and its name is reflective of the community which it stands. So this outside entity with some money, some donations from the other side of town, wants to come in. Um, and they say they don't want to take it over. Like one side of the mouth says they don't want to take it over. They just want to invest and grow programs. And the other side of the mouth is saying they want to raise the building and build something bigger and more fabulous that is... Uh, Sounds great on, from the, on the outside, maybe, but if you start to think about it, it is the kind of project that would begin pricing the people of this community out of it. It would give the kids of that, the community that live right there, less access to it. Um, the beginning of gentrification. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. So, you know, we have three minutes to speak. No, I'm not from Benel, right? Like, I've never lived there. I've, always, I've lived in Palm Coast. You know, I'm from New York City. But um, around town, everybody calls me Coach Johnny. That started there, right, with those kids specifically. Um, when people look back on my coaching career, a lot of the kids that I coached that ended up being great in this town, I'm not talking NBA great or anything like that, but just the great basketball players in this county, they'll think about a group of kids from Benel mm-hmm. that I coached, right, who – they, you know, you make your name yourself, but as a coach, without players, you can't make anything, right? And so I feel connected to that community in a way because they embraced me, um, kids and parents. It's a lot like the places I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard about this, I got a call from someone who shall remain nameless. When I heard about it, I said, okay, I'll be there. Uh, I had already planned to take the day off anyway to spend with my mom, uh, belated birthday stuff. And so I, we decided to go over there. And, you know, I talked for three minutes. And, you know, like I said in, in my speech, like, we can't price those kids out. And I I didn't write anything down. All that thing was off the top of my head. But one of the things that I'm pretty resol- resolute about that place does not get the reverence it deserves, mm-hmm. right? It's, it should be an historical landmark. It, this county was the last county to integrate in Florida. Bunnell was a city 
before Palm Coast ever was, mm-hmm. right? They had a they had a woman talk about forced integration and all. This is the last piece of history that you can tell your kids about. Like this was our place to be. This is where we gathered when we couldn't go anywhere else. And so I'm concerned about the gentrification of Benel, right? Because at first I wasn't, right? Like you just go in there, but I'm the kind of guy who puts that connects the dots. Mm-hmm. And what happens is you open a place like that and then it's so nice that people from outside Benel start coming. When they they do come now, right? Like they're they're right. What the what the Reverend said is right. People from all over come there. But it's not all kind of people, right? It's people who understand the community, mm-hmm. right? They understand. What happens is you build a place like that, you price the kids out, more, for the lack of a better term, what people would think, more affluent people come, then they say, well, it's really not in a safe neighborhood. Well, next thing you know, it's like, well, man, I can build an apartment complex to to surround this community center and we can have tournaments here and people won't be scared to come here. Next thing you know, they're trying to buy these people out of their, pro- out of their homes mm-hmm. and go somewhere else. These businesses will not be able to make rent, you know, right. rents raise and all this stuff happens. This is the beginning of it. Get the mom and pop, get the, the famous fish sandwich out of there and build a chain. Right. Put a, whatever the equivalent right is. get yeah, yeah they would mm-hmm. get bantam chef out next thing you know we'd have a freaking captain d seafood right. or thank you for right like that thought. you know what i'm saying <laughs> like uh what, what what is it arthur treachers yeah. or all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and so you know i feel like they're gaslighting us a little bit too because i've seen some things that lead me to believe that this is in the works but they say no that's just rumors well we'll see mm-hmm. right but I plan to be there every month. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And if I come there the next month and by the next month, I'm going to be like, well, you know, you guys said X, Y, and Z, but what is this that I'm reading? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, these are quotes. Like, these are. So, you know, it's just, again, I don't know, man. Well, I think it ties into so much of what we talked about today. Yeah. And you use the word that uh, I hate, but is so fitting. I mean, it's gaslighting. It's, 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 we're not trying to whitewash how we teach history. We're just trying to show this other side of it. We're not trying to um, not see color. We're just trying to not make people feel bad about themselves. We're not trying to come in and take this building over. We're just investing a lot of money and telling you how good it is for you while we do it. Oh, and by the way, we're going to take this money and build ourselves an office right there. You know what I mean? Like it is. It's gaslighting. Florida is one big beacon of (laughs) gaslighting craziness. Yeah. Is what it is. It's what it like. I don't know if it's the heat, the swamps, (laughs) the crazy alligators, but it is it it is the the height of gaslight right now in Florida society. And we just can't we just can't stand for it, man. We just got to keep fighting the good fight in the right ways. That's all. You can bring your folding chair. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the Avengers. The sweet tea party. <laughs> the Boy, sweet tea party. That's hilarious. One of the ladies that I watched on TikTok said, well, no, so the the white women need to hold purses and weaves 
and pass out purses and wigs and pass out water and <laughs> film everything so that you can talk to the cops when they get there. It's crazy. I feel like there's more I can do besides hold your purse, but I'll, I'll, I'll do, do it. Do. I'm in. I'll do whatever. <laughs> I'll do whatever. Cause this is, it's, it's bullshit right now. It's, that's what I said on my Facebook yesterday about whatever thing was bullshit yesterday. Oh, it was, yeah. it was the AP site. It was a whole lot of bullshit right now. <laughs> And uh, oh, and it all ties together to kind of right now the same thing, which is trying to rewrite a lot of stuff to keep certain people in power. Right. And like my son has always said, and I've said on this show before, the government wants to keep us dumb, poor, and sick. He ain't lying. He ain't lying. He's not lying. Nope. So speaking of my son, uh, Vanilla Ice made another stop he at Bronx House Pizza today. Uh, so, what that's where so is he living here or something? Well, I'm wondering, you know, he's got a house flipping show. I wonder I wonder if he's filming here. Oh, he might be. Because you know a lot of famous here. people come here. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I mean, and the hammock is the area for that. But yeah. While we were on the boat, Emma Watson was here. Right. My wife would have lost her mind. She loves Harry Potter. Yeah. She would have lost her mind. Yeah. At Target, right? Wasn't at she tar- at Target? At Target, just shopping. Mm-hmm. Someone asked for a picture, and she was she politely declined, and they said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was just hanging. Yeah. Because, I mean, you post that picture, then everybody knows you're here, and right. that's the end. That, that, that defeats the purpose of her being in. Yeah. Hopefully she comes back. Yep, for sure. We showed her a good time. So, yeah, so that's our that's what I brought to the table today to talk about. Yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah, we had a few. That I forgot about the, the sweet tea party. The sweet tea party. I was laughing about that in the barbershop today. Mm-hmm. So hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I got something for next week, too, but I'm not going to tack it on. I think it's a good enough conversation that I'll get us go. Oh, and I thought it two things. Two things I'll talk about next week. We're at an hour right now. I think we're. Oh, it's, yeah. It's well, her face just here. lit up, too. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I told you one of them. Oh, you did? Okay. I'll tell you offline. Well, we'll be ready. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. All right. So find us on Facebook, the Strongly Worded Podcast Group. We do have an old-timey just Facebook page that I think our episodes still post to. Uh, we have an Instagram, the Strongly Worded Pod. Pod. Mm-hmm. I, I don't go to... T- First yeah. off, I'm never going to call Twitter X because F that guy. Like, I am not going to call Twitter Elon Musk's X. Like one of these days, we got to dis- we got to discuss Elon Musk. I haven't really looked into it. I know people are mad with him. I don't, I don't really know why because I sometimes I turn my mind off sometimes. Yeah, you know, I haven't wrapped it around that one. But yeah, I'll start. I'll start looking around at some stuff and X. see what I can like bring. I remember when Twitter was introduced to me, a blogger that actually recently passed away, but she was one of the first to get on it because, you know, at first it was it was kind of like with some of the others. At first, I think it was invitation only or just a handful of people mm. to try it out. And she was one of the first. And it was it, they called it micro blogging because, you know, you only had 140 characters and whatever. And I love Twitter. She made a lot of bird jokes and <laughs> whatever. I don't know why I remember that, but I just remember the introduction of Twitter. I love calling it. it X. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. This strongly worded podcast is written and produced by Johnny Hampton and Sue O'Lear. Music production and vocals by Marshall Max Lamont Hamilton and cover art by Samantha Shakes.